Welcome back to the official Preston Lions Club show, coming to you live from inside the club rooms this week. Bit of a change of scene. Uh, there's a nice acoustic in here, nice uh, booming echo, and the head coach, Louis Atsevsky, is with me. Uh, and I bet you can build up some serious volume in here at halftime when you need to, mate, can't you? Yeah, I'm sure you can, uh, <laughs> Josh. <laughs> you you but wouldn't that, know, but you can yeah, very we, calm. Yeah, we we're very calm here at uh, mm. halftime and after the game. So, um, no, that's, but you, you definitely can get some uh, bit of volume in here. <laughs> what do you think of this new facility, first and foremost? You, yep. You've been in it for half a season now. You've got, got to know the place, got your feet under the table now. What, what does it mean to, to come in here, you know, a few times a week and, and have access to this? Yeah, it's look, it's, it's, it's finally here. It's finally arrived. It's many, many, many years in the, in the coming, so to speak. And, um, you know, you walk in, the boys obviously get changed in uh, these two change rooms here. So with their own little, um, little sheds, shall we say, and... Um, you know, those coaches, we get changed on the other side where the referees get changed. So, you know, we get chucked on the other side where it's not important. <laughs> but, no, look, there's a great facility. Um, the pavilion itself is, is is fantastic. I just wish it was bigger um, with all the supporters uh, we've got. It's, uh, it would have been great if we could go double story. <laughs> Maybe the extension's coming. Maybe that's the next one we have to fight to cancel. No, no I'm, not, I'm not promising anything. Um, uh, one, for, one for Mr. Svetkovsky to see too. But, uh, uh, Louis... You are the longest-serving head coach in the club's history, I was told this week. Uh, Eyebrow-raising statistics. Six years at the helm, albeit a couple of those have been uh, curtailed prematurely. Um, that's mind-blowing. What, what is it that, that keeps you motivated, that keeps you going on the, the emotional roller coaster that is being the head coach of Preston Lions? Um, look, it's, it's more so, you know, being at the club you love, uh, being here, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis and seeing the club grow from... When, when I first came in, I think it was 2017 or something mm -hmm. like that. So, um, you know, just where the club's come from and where it's gone to. Um, and at the same time, when uh, when you've got passion and love for the for the club itself, you just want to succeed for the club and the, and the club just to keep growing. So um, the, the drive has always been uh, a simple fact, and that's just to, to make sure the club gets bigger and better on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's not just in, in this change room, meaning on the field but I'm talking about off the park as well. So, um, and, I, and I, I believe the club's gone leaps and bounds in the last uh, six years. I know you're always thinking about the big picture, but when you first got the call back in 2017, you know, did you take some convincing? Were you signing the dotted line immediately? No, look, it's, uh, it was always um, an ambition of mine to, to coach at the club. Um, you know, I played here for many years and obviously uh, I didn't know when that or if an opportunity would come um, I think I was about in an eight or nine month break since mm -hmm. my last coaching job at Hume City. So uh, when Zach called me, it was um, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if it was the right time or not. Uh, we met up, we had a good chat, and then um, my, my wife Sonia really uh, she she put it in perspective to me, and uh, she basically just said, "Look, you know, this is uh, the club that you've always wanted to coach and always be a part of. Um, it doesn't matter if the club's in State League One or in." You know, in, in the A-League, so mm. to speak, um, it's your opportunity. You should take it with both hands. So I listened to it probably for once in my life. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, here I am. I think it's like Stephen Gerrard at Liverpool, right? Everyone knows he's going to end up there. It's just a question <laughs> of when. Am I ready? Do I have the yeah. experience under my belt? Uh, do you remember the circumstances when you walked into this place and, and, and what, what it was like uh, for you, for the team at that moment in time? Yeah, look, uh, I walked in again. There was the old change rooms, um, you know, and I walked in and 
the same light was still flashing from when I was playing it, like my last stint. <laughs> the fluorescent flickering yeah. still hadn't been changed. <laughs> 2007 was my last playing stint. <laughs> the toilet was still just running and wouldn't mm. stop running. And so um, it brought back a, a lot of memories. And, um, you know, we, we knew as a club that we need to get better at what we were doing. Um, but not, again, this wasn't just football-wise, but this was just complete package from where the club was coming from. Uh, it's it's past situation. So, uh, no, we moved in. Look, it, again, it was just mm. really walking in, feeling like home. The playing group back then uh, wasn't what I believe was a, a, a championship contending team. Mm. So we made changes. We, we made numerous changes that year. The first year, we were, uh, I think Altana Magic was first and we were already four games in and 12 points behind. And we knew there was only one team could get promoted. So... Uh, we knew that was going to be very, very difficult to to try and get promoted. So we tried to build the the reputation of of the club, uh, bring in better footballers at the club, and uh, again, it was just baby steps trying to bring in the right footballers to to show the footballing world in Victoria that you know Preston is you know it'll, it'll come back to where it belongs and where it needs to be, uh, not just for the club but for Victorian football. So you know we signed a few players back in back then. Mm. Um, you know Rob Stemblegier, if he was playing overseas. He came in, Aaron Williams, you know, playing in the uh, – he's played in India in the Super League there, played in the A-League as well. So a couple of big names we signed and we brought in um, a belief in the club yeah. that uh, this is the place you want to be for the players. So um, – and that was just – that's how we – that's where we started our journey and um, and we come to, to to basically where we are today. It was such a hard league to get out of. State one. Yep. I mean, it's sort of like the Wild West. You know, anything goes. It's that level where the players are, are physically, you know, getting to that elite level. Um, but maybe the standard of the pitches or the technical standard it can can vary. So you you get these really intense games that are quite chaotic, and the refereeing is quite hands off. I felt when I first started watching Preston play, I'm thinking, my God, like Louis trying to pass out from the back, and there's this lawless, you know, royal rumble happening in front of us. Uh, how was it? I guess. Um, putting your imprint on the on the playing style because we know the progressive style you try and play, but you're faced with that challenge of, you know, everyone wants to beat Preston, everyone wants to kick Preston. And, you know, that's still a challenge we're facing every week. Yeah, look, State League won uh, my second year at the club where we didn't get promoted. We we started off pretty um, – well, we didn't get the results that we needed, mm. full, full stop, and then we went on a 14-15 game run and undefeated and, and the rest of it. and. And it came to that day against Geelong here where we lost um, uh, and we didn't go through. So that was uh, a kick in the butt, so to speak, yeah. and disheartening. But again, you're right. You know, we, we go to places in, in State League One where grounds are just all over the place. Chain rooms are an absolute disaster. And uh, it's difficult for the players to, you know, you don't say motivate yourself, but you know that you're going to not just come up against an opposition team, but you're going to come up against being in a in a two-by-two-metre change room where there's 20 people in there and <laughs> everybody's breathing on each other and the smell's horrific and um, <laughs> it's just, you know, you're, you're trying to psychologically get yourself prepared for that game. Um, but we did, you know, look, eventually 2019 was our year and we got through, we won the championship and then we built um, 2020 where we, we put a, a really strong squad together. We had the same squad that we had from, well, majority from 2019 and added a few um, really good footballers. But unfortunately, we didn't kickstart that mm. season. We played one uh, FFA Cup game, if I remember correctly, and that was it. The season went. So um, that that really hurt. 
because we were on, uh, on a, you know, we had this momentum and the club was going the right way and um, pushing for success. Everybody was on the same page. So, um, you know, we, we, we lost 12 months there and, and a lot of frustration. And we did two pre-seasons that year, you know, at the start. Mm. And then we got called back in and, you know, all these COVID restrictions and, um, you know, you got to do this, you can't have a shower. So boys were coming in winter. You know, we, we'd train here, they'd be sweating and then freezing conditions and get in the car. But you couldn't have a shower because of COVID, you know. Yeah. So, um, you know, it put a lot of hurdles in, in front of us. Um, but then again, last year, uh, 2021, we got off to a really good start and we're sitting first before the season got called off. So, um, you know, and yeah, that's life. So when you put it in all perspective, you know, you, you look at people in the world and what's happening in the world at the moment with you know with with things happening in in, in Russia and Ukraine and and the rest of it, football is um, Sasha. A cramp, a cramp changing room and studs up tackle doesn't really uh, yeah <laughs> does not up. compare. Yeah, look, it, it, Sasha Ognanovsky says it well. It's a privilege to play football. Mm. Um, that word privilege, it's you know, it's you know, you, you come in, you you love the game, you want to be a part of the boys, and the best part of football is doing what you do best and winning and celebrating. That's the best part. That's the best feeling for football. But there is pressure at this club because there's a reason that no other coach has lasted six seasons in charge. Uh, that pressure and expectation, can you talk a little bit about that and how that, I guess, weighs on you? Because you're the, you're the, the buck stops with you at the end of the day. You're making the big calls. Yeah, look, um, pre- yes, pre- look, there is pressure in every everyday life, not just football or, or Preston Lions Football mm. Club. Um but you're but, dealing with a different level of expectation than, than other clubs at this level are because it's this outsized thing where, you know, Preston is this fallen giant on the way up and everyone is impatient for success and there's, no, there's nothing less than, than winning is acceptable. And that's a healthy mentality to have in a lot of ways, but also it, it weighs on the players as well, you can tell. Yeah, look, we, we, uh, for me, my job is very, very simple. is trying to get the best out of the players, um, both physically and mentally. But at the same time, I'm here to support the players. Mm. Um, you know, I, I want the best for the club. I only care about the club succeeding. Uh, is that pressure? That's not pressure because when my time's up to, as coach, whenever that might be, um, if Dave knocks, you know, taps me on the shoulder, says, Louis, your time's come. Um, or, you know, I turn around and say, look, I, you know, this is not for me anymore because whatever reason. Um, it doesn't matter if it's six years or 16 years for me, it's, what we did in that time, and, and again, I believe the club's been very, very successful. Um, it's it's mm. so important for me to get the players involved and uh, enjoy the pressure. Because yeah. you go to many clubs and you play or you coach, and if you lose 2-0, they tap you on the shoulder and say, well, you did a good job, we only lost 2-0 today. <laughs> you know, here it's, uh, you you win 1-0, and well, why didn't we win 2 or 3-0, or why didn't we play this brand of football, or, you know, or you lose the game, you know, let's touch on last Friday's game against Boxy, we lost the game, um, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, some of our supporters weren't happy about the result, you know, and fair enough to the result, mm. it's, end of the day, that's what we play for. Um, would I have changed anything as a coach or as a playing group, and we've discussed it this week, we, we try to play our brand of football, and um, you know, we create chances and, and the rest of it. But football, there's a fine line in football. If you don't take those chances at important moments uh, and then concentrate for that 95 minutes and we lost concentration for a split second considered that goal. So mm. does that really summarise the club or the, or the playing group or the coaching staff? Of course not. So going back to pressure, no pressure. There's a lot of love for the club. 
uh, I will do whatever it takes for the club to succeed. If that means that, um, you know, we keep pushing uh, as a coaching staff or myself as a coach, I'll keep pushing that. But again, this is not, this is not for me to say, uh, you know, I, if, if, if I get sacked from Preston or, you know, or it's my time to go, whatever that time is, that, you know, uh, I'm going to hate the club or, um, you know, I look back at it and think, oh, Jesus, so hard there. Absolutely not. It's, it's been a phenomenal trip. It's been, what a journey, you know. Mm. The reason why I do this is because after a game and come in and have a drink with the boys and have a drink with the crowd and, you know, have, have a good time and smiles because it's my community. Um, and when it's my community, um, I, I want to spend time with them. I want to, I want to be, I want them to be a part of this club because it's not the coaching staff's club. It's not the, the players' club. It's the Macedonian community or football lovers for that, you know, in, in that respect as well, that I want them to be a part of it. Um, and everyone cares so deeply. Like I'm, I'm sure you, I'm sure you get a lot of backseat driving, a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking <laughs> and people saying you should have made this sub or should have selected this player, but that just means people, people care enough, enough to want to, you know, tell you how to do your job. Look, uh, we, after every game, win, loss or draw, we, you know, we speak to the players on a Monday, the first session back, but that night after a game, you know, both, you know, Kappa and myself will go into the, and we'll do a video analysis, we'll watch the highlights, we'll watch the goals conceded and scored and, um, it's all part of trying to better yourself for next week's mm. game and who you're playing and uh, who you just played against. So uh, is it time-consuming? Dramatic. Uh, it's dramatic. It's, it's huge. It's, it's more than your, your full-time job, <laughs> Monday to Friday. Um, it, it does control your life. Uh, but that's what we love. We love the game. For me, there's no better place to be if you want to be in, involved in the game at a big club like this with huge expectations and that's not huge expectations in two years or two months. It's today. We worry about getting through tonight's training session and training to the best of our ability, getting the right tactics right for the weekend's game when we play whoever that might be, and then obviously the game procedure. So, you know, we try and break it down uh, as minimal steps as possible. Um, uh, again, and, you, and you live and breathe it because you love it. And of course. I think it's interesting for the supporters to get an insight, though, into the level of work that goes into it, not to have a whinge, but to because it's just interesting to get that behind-the-scenes insight into how this this place actually works, how the team ticks. So can we do a, a week in the life of, uh, of Louis Atsevsky from, you know, it's you, you had the game on the weekend, yep. day after. Let's go from there. Okay, so, um, yeah, we'll play the game example. Um, so we played Friday night. You know, we'll talk about the game after the game briefly with the coaching staff. Then we'll go home in the morning. The messages will start. We'll talk about what we saw in the game between, again, Kappa, Sash, our goalkeeper coach, um, Sinisha and Declan, our fitness coach, and, and even Zoc is our team manager. You know, we've got our little group chat and we start talking about the, the real positives and, you know, where we could have improved on. Then we're automatically thinking, okay, which players are available for next week, who we're playing, how we're going to beat them. So that's... You know, come Saturday about 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm looking at the fixture and seeing where my position team's playing and um, trying to justify to my wife that I have to go to another game this weekend <laughs> to watch them. Because <laughs> I don't know if everyone knows this, but Louis is out scouting every week. Well, we've just lost the lights in here. If uh, our producer can try and activate the... Uh, <laughs> the sensors, I think. <laughs> the I sensors. We've been sitting too still. I'll try and like yeah, use my arms while talking. There we go. We're back. <laughs> but you're out... Uh, well, is this why we shifted to Friday night? So you could go out and do your Saturday <laughs> scouting trip? No, that's not the reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, that, that's what happens, you know. So you go watch a game or a Saturday or a Sunday. Then you come back, you put your Is little... it you that does that or you go out with Kappa or you split the load? Both of us, both of us do that. So Kaf, 
Uh, Caps will, you know, sometimes go by himself. Um, if we're playing example, uh, the team the week the week the team that we're playing the week after, if they're playing on the Friday night and we're training Friday night, he won't come to training. I'll send him to the game and watch the game and right. try and get some notes together for it. But you know, we'll, again, we'll watch that. We'll put our heads together. We'll put some notes together, and then we plan our training sessions for Monday. What we're trying to achieve, how we're going to penetrate and, and, and score against the opposition team and win that game. So, but it's between that Saturday's game till the following game that you get. I don't know. I don't know how many phone calls. I, I can't even answer that. <laughs> uh, I can't even answer that. Players, you know, coaches, staff. Um, I, uh, you know, people in the committee having a chat. Good, great, positive. Where we can improve on. Um, as you said before, everybody. Uh, that's why we love this game because it's, it's full of opinions. Yeah. Um, ultimately, I listen to everybody. Uh, I hear what everybody's got to say. But end of the day, come that that next Friday night's game trying to put it together and trying to put a team on that I believe is going to win that game. The decision falls on, on, on my chest, so to speak. So, um, you know, and, and you do ask everybody about their opinion. I mean, every time, every week, Louis comes up for the post-match interview and I think the first, time, first thing you do every time is you ask me what I thought from up in the commentary position. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't have <laughs> my coaching badges. I've never coached a game before in my life. But, you know, I, I still give my impressions. And you, you, you're constantly, like, processing all of that information. It's, it's sort of uh, the brain's trust at Preston, the community, not just the, not just the, co- the coaching group. Look, it's, you don't need coaching badges to see a moment in a game that could make a difference. So me asking yourself, I'm asking anybody and, – and, when you're coaching from the ground level, and you only see a certain aspect of it as well, where you're on top on the on you know up you know three meters in the air, and you and you can see everything on a bird's eye view, you can see a lot more. Sure. So this is why you know I'll ask you, or I'll ask anybody else for that matter, because something that I might not pick up or might not you know have seen, and it'll add something to how we're going to improve ourselves next uh, next next game, so to speak. So, um, and again. I'm no expert in football. That, that's, you know, let's get that right. Uh, I'm a person uh, that wants, again, going back to wanting the club to succeed so much, um, I, I need to find the, the right blend or the, the right couple of things to make sure the team improves and tries to win the next game. Yeah. So where have we got to? We're at about Sunday, I think. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, Sunday comes in Monday, as we said, we train, um, you know, Johnny Markoff will tell, will tell us who's injured, who's not injured. We'll try and put a session together. Is that before or after he's posted his Instagram stories? I don't himself? know. Instagram always comes on first with Johnny. <laughs> he, he, he's got three posts on Facebook and four on Instagram by <laughs> Saturday morning after the game. He loves the photos, Johnny does. Um, but, you know, he'll, he'll tell us that, give us a breakdown, and then we work out. Um, I think Matty J always paps him every week. He has to. It's obligatory. Someone has to go down with, a, with an injury at some point, you know, just, just so Johnny can get his photo up. Yep. I think Johnny tells him before the game, make sure this happens. So um, yep. okay. you're ready for it. 67th minute, <laughs> get my best angle. Yeah, yep. basically. <laughs> um, you know, so again, going back to Monday night's training, then we'll, we'll train and I'll have a few chats with a few individuals. Um, some aren't happy. They didn't start. Some got taken off. They're not happy. Um, some haven't said anything. I'll go up to them and tell them why this happened or that happened or ask their opinions. What did you see as, you know, as an individual from the game? And, um and that's what I do as my role, which is more of a man management role. Um, coaching uh, in relation to what we do with training and the drills it falls back to, to Kappa. Um, you know, he'll ask, what do you want to work on? 
We'll say, let's look, you know, this is what we need to work on this week. He'll put the drills on and I'll manage. I'll manage the group, um, all the players and, and, and making sure that you're trying to find these players in the right place psychologically. Mm. Forget about physically because if it's a physical ankle, you can't do much about it. You've got to get treatment, etc. But, you know, some players, they get down on confidence. They've had an, uh, an average game or I've taken them off or um, they've missed a sitter or they've considered a goal that they, sh- they know they shouldn't. So, you know, then you've got to talk about um, what they're feeling, how they're feeling, uh, how we can put that aside and then we, we, we replay the game and talk about some events that what happened when I used to play and this is what I used to do to try and... Uh, so you draw on your own playing experience a lot? A lot of it, yeah. A lot of it, yeah. But, you know, I, uh, my career as a, as a player, uh, I play for a lot of good footballers, a lot of strong characters. So um, I can always revert back to that and just think how these players backed up you know good performance after good performance after good performance is the name is there a couple of names you, you you're invoking on a on a repeated basis that always stand out in your mind as a as an example to draw from yeah look uh, one is <laughs> one of our coaching staff sash where yeah. it, it, nothing phased him nothing phased him when he played football doesn't matter against who he came up against he just wanted to get, get the job done well, that's because everyone was scared of him. So. <laughs> well, do you blame him? <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, so, you know, um, people like Sash, but people like Andrew Marth. I remember I, I spent a season with uh, Stabber at Melbourne Knights and, you know, his persona, he just walked out on the ground, this, this giant, and mm. no opposition player wanted to go next to him because he knew, the, the opposition player knew that if they came close, Stabber would smash him in a tackle, you know? Forget about football first, all this, how can I get one over my opposition team player, opposition player in a psychological uh, aspect of the game. So, you know, and this is where a winning mentality comes out because sometimes yeah. football, you'd rather win not pretty instead of um, lose by playing pretty football. So sometimes that winning attitude where you need to get over the line, you need to do whatever it takes to get at three points is so, so important. You know, we've, we've got the way we want to play. Uh, we, we try and implement that. But again, the, the message to the boys is sometimes you just need to grind out results and um, that's what puts you that step forward or sometimes puts you that step back. Absolutely. So Monday training, you've you got this sort of split with with Kappa about, um, you know, you're doing the people management side of the things a lot of the time and, and sort of managing the, t- the team of coaches but also yep. speaking individually with players a lot. And and Kappa, he's a, he's a film nerd, right? He'll go over the game in forensic yep. detail – you know, he's doing detailed notes for scouting. He's doing the nitty-gritty with the drills and yep. things. Where does Sasha come into it? What, what, what brought Sasha on board this season and why did you think that was a necessary addition sure. to the staff? Um, look, Sasha's one of our own boys. This is a Preston boy. Um, he loves the club. Uh, we, we, as I said before, we want people to embrace the club them, uh, itself. Mm-hmm. Um, Sasha's kids play at the, the club. He's here five, six days a week. So I said to Sash, um, you know, we, we spoke with Caps and Caps said, um, you know, what do we think if we bring Sash in as well? He can help me in coach and blah, blah, blah and give me a bit more freedom in managing uh, the players, which was, you know, great. So, you know, I had a chat to Sash and um, Sash said, yeah, look, Lou, I, you know, I'd come in definitely, whatever, whatever I can, you know, you guys want me to do, I'll, I'll do and help out and I'll give you my opinions with things. So, you know, at the start, it was, you know, once or twice a week he'd come in. Now he's here every session, uh, basically. He's even training with the boys. You know, he's a man mountain. He's 42 years old. He's fit. He's strong. And him training with the boys, again, instills that bit of mental strength that's needed. Mm. So, 
Um, that's where Sash comes into it. But, you know, be all and end all for Sash is that he loves the club. He wants the club to succeed. I reckon he could still do a job out there. Do I believe that? 100% I do. 100% I do. Well, it depends how many injuries we get at centre-half. We might be called upon. Might get you, you, you never know. The transfer window opens in three weeks, so we don't know. You just never know. It, he, he has ambitions, though, of, of being a head coach himself again. He was the head coach at Dandy City for a while there. Look, um, Sash is, is running his own business at the moment, which um, occupies him a lot of the hours. Um, so yeah. you can't take on the second full-time job. Yeah. He's managing well, an MPL the, the main full-time job, which would be football, will take yeah, over okay. his business. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, he's got five kids, um, you know, so where where does he fit it all in? That's really up to him to decide. You know, our conversation, our chats has been, uh, do I see Sash going back to coaching one day as, as a head coach? I do. I mm. do. When, where, when is the right time? We don't know or he doesn't know at the moment, but I, I do see him getting back in there. And look, it's, you don't want to lose people to football like him. Yeah. Um, you know, his knowledge is fantastic. Uh, his experience is phenomenal. Um, what he achieved as a player was his next level. So he can definitely add uh, or influence the younger kids coming through the ranks and uh, improve clubs wherever he does coach. Absolutely. So I think we got to about Wednesday, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, Wednesday. So we come in again Wednesday, again, another training session. Uh, do the, the sessions, are they differentiated based on the proximity to the game? Yeah, look, Declan will always break down and say, okay, this is the load that we can put together this week. Uh, for the game, so, so a certain amount of kilometres or high-speed runs, etc. He'll tell Kappa and then we'll, we'll base all our drills on, on those mathematics, so to speak. Um, and is he drawing that from, from GPS data? And GPS like data, and then we've got to calculate it with all the drills what it's achieved in the past, so how much distance we've got, or high-speed runs, etc. So when Kappa enters it into this calculator, it, it breaks it down completely and just tells us, okay, so that's, that's how many kilometres we're going to get out of this drill, blah, 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 blah. So... Um, and we're so you're load managing the players. Have to, have to, yeah. have to. Um, so it's almost accountancy in that that department. Like you, you got a max, is, max a number. number of miles you can you can hit on each. And sometimes each again guy. depends Wednesday. Wednesday nights we normally play our eleven v eleven game, and depends what mood I'm in. Sometimes we'll go over the, the time that I'm allowed, but uh, <laughs> sometimes you need to do that as well. And uh, but most of the time, a bit of, bit of Bielsa murder ball. Yeah, doesn't, doesn't stop. <laughs> no, nah, nine times out of ten we'll we'll stick to the loads and, and get that done, and then. Wednesday night, we've you know obviously implemented with the team dinner at the club now as well. So every Wednesday, we're in the club, we'll have a, we'll have a meal here. And uh, that's open to the fans as well, of course. Of course Palm, it is. Palmer nights on Wednesdays. So keep an eye out on the socials for when those come up. But uh, they're, they're pretty tasty. I have sampled one myself. <laughs> so uh, just going to get the cheap. Yeah, no, board, nothing right? wrong with that. Bit <laughs> of free advertising. Um, so yeah, that's, that's our Wednesday night. And then if we're playing Friday night, then we're, you know, Wednesday night until, if I'm being honest and realistic, till Friday morning. Trying to put that team together in my head, which best eleven that I think is going to win that game, and which players can add a bit of quality when they come off the bench, and what they can do, and how they can do it, and you sort of pre-play that game in your mind that ninety minutes mm. that you, that's coming up, and if this happens, then you got to try and make this sub, or if this happens, this, you know, you so always, it's not so much planning subs as planning uh, eventualities, moments, yeah. situations. Um, so you, you know, that's again, and that's you know, your whole Friday. You wake up, you're supposed to go to work. You go to work physically, but mentally, you're already at the game and you're playing <laughs> yeah, and you're, you're watching the game already live. And you're taking this phone call and you're talking to someone about tonight's game and the crowd and how big it's going to be and the enthusiasm. And, you know, I'll speak to Dave and, you know, he'll say, come on, it's your time to do the job tonight and the rest of it. So um, 
it's great leading up to that game and then what you've just done the last seven days is you, you want it to come to fruition come Friday night at home um, and that's to get the three points. Um, but again, you know, you, you walk in on a Friday. I, I don't do much on a Friday night in a game situation where, I, you know, I'll walk in literally when it's time for me to speak for five minutes. I'll say hi to, hello to the players. I'll give them some reminders that we worked on during the week and I'll let them be. Everybody prepares differently. So no any, any given Sunday speeches? And... No. <laughs> any given Sunday speeches, I, I don't believe is match day speech. I believe it's a Monday to Friday speech because if you're trying to coach and educate everything on a game night, I think you've just lost a week of training. So yeah. that's where your, most of your training and your coaching should happen or your managing should be happening Monday to Friday. And, and players can't take on that much information anyway. You know, Look, I, we, we got I used think, to hate it when I was playing. I mean, amateur level, but when yeah. people, when my coach would bombard me with things just before I'm, I'm trying to mentally prepare myself yeah. to walk out and actually do a very physical thing, and or even at halftime, people are too tired to take in more than you know three pieces of information. So you, it's it's just gentle reminders, really. That, that's all it is. It's real reminders that, and it's nothing new. So uh, I don't think in six years ever come here on a game day and said, okay, this is what we're doing today, which is completely new to the whole week. We've done never. I've never mm-hmm. done it in my whole coaching career. Um, I don't believe in that. So, um, you know, so we've worked on it. The reminders, I let the players be. We've we got to remember, these players now have worked all day as well on a Friday. So they've tried to prepare at their best for this game to, one, to succeed for themselves, two, to not let them team their teammates down, and three, not to let the club down. And that's not the club. I'm talking about supporters. I'm talking about family, I'm talking about friends, mm. whoever that might be, uh, and whatever that driver might be. So uh, it's a lot to take in. Uh, a lot of preparation needs to, to happen for the boys to perform at their best. So a lot, a lot of players have got family watching from interstate or overseas. You yeah. know, I, I get messages during the week for players saying, you know, is this game on, is this game streamed yep. because my family in, you know, the UK or wherever is, is keen to watch it. And so yeah. it's, uh, it, it, it is an event. And I, that's what I like about these Friday nights. Uh, they've, they've really built up as a as a big deal, and I think that's what every player and, and you know every coach lives for is to play on those occasions. So we come back to talking about pressure. Mm. That's the privilege. Yeah, it's uh, from, again that word privilege. It's it's massive. If if you believe that, or you prefer to walk out on a on a ground, and you can spot your father 150 meters away because there's only three supporters on the other <laughs> side of the ground. For me, that's 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 shit, full stop. Yeah. I, I would rather walk out with our supporters chanting, singing, um, you know, and there's people everywhere. And that's what you want. This is what gives you those goosebumps, et cetera, for the, for the match day. And it lifts your performance, 100% it does. Could you imagine your life without this place at the moment? Yeah. <laughs> Could I imagine this place? With him? Um, look, it's... Uh, have you ever been tempted to give it up, the frustrations of the past two aborted seasons? Yeah, I have. Yes, I have, yeah, without a doubt. Um, uh, reason being is because the club's tried so hard in the six years that I've been here trying to succeed um, in every way possible. So, uh, you know, the, the COVID year 2020, that took a lot out of me because it's such a big preparation for us, um, mm. bringing players from interstate, bringing players from overseas and you're flying him in, they're trying to come in, they're trying to come out, dealing with COVID at the same time. It, it took a, it, it hit everybody for a six. Um, and then last year, again, we've played more than 50% of the season. We're sitting on top of the ladder. We've got to think back to the boys. You know, they started training in, in January of that year as a coaching staff. Excuse me, we started preparing September 
the year before that, the four months before that. So we've gone ten months of, of of football of concentrating and trying to get that result week in week out, and to get that taken away from you, so-called last hurdle, a, a bloody hurt. Um, so you know, it felt like smashing your head against a brick wall didn't uh, it? when it happened twice. Yeah, you just go, you know, where's this going to be? Is it ever going to happen or something like that? So, look again, I'm a realist, uh, and what I mean by that is, if if football results aren't going your way, the coach needs to go. That's full stop. That's every level in the world. That's not just Preston Lions Football Club. I'm not. I'm not silly. I'm not stupid. I know what my position is as coach. Um, if I believe that. We're not playing football of the ability that we can. Uh, examples, we're playing every week and we're not creating chances and, we, and we're losing 3-4-0. It, it's time for Louis Sevsky to go. That's fine. That's not a problem because that's the best thing, mm. best thing for the club. Um, but while we're still playing our brand of football and while we're still training, creating opportunities, while we're still in the run to get you know, a championship, a promotion, I believe we're doing a good job as, as a club, as, as a football department. Um, so, you know... There is days where you just go, oh, Jesus Christ, well, what, why am I doing this for? Why am I putting myself through this? 100%. And not just me, it's my family. Yeah. Ultimately, I go home and we lose a game and, you know, Sonia's trying to talk to me. Just She's getting a brick wall. The kids are staying three metres away from me because, you know, he's just, I'm just a brick wall itself. And, yeah. um, you know, it's dealing with the anger management of uh, <laughs> frustration. So, you know, and... The family doesn't deserve that. Why? Why should they get uh, someone that's you know he's angry and, and he's worried just what's happened? Then we're going to worry about next week again. So yeah, there is again touching on your on your on your question. Um, it is frustrating. There is has been moments. At the same time, when we're all sticking together as a club and we're winning and we're celebrating those moments, it's unbelievable. The feeling mm. is fantastic. When we've lost a game or when we've dropped points when we're not supposed to, you can't celebrate that. But this is when you need the support. Yeah. This is not supporting me. This is supporting these players that have killed themselves. Last week, you know, uh, I'm not talking about last week, any, any game in particular, but if you won that game, we're sitting there, we're, we're chanting, we're happy, we're singing a song together, then the following week we've lost the game uh, and then we've forgotten what these players have been through. Um, it happens on... World football. We we could talk about Liverpool yeah. playing Real Madrid last week and uh, them losing. Did they deserve to lose the game? No, they lost the game one nil. So what do we do? Do we hate Liverpool? Of course we don't. They still got a hero's welcome when they got back. Of course. To their city. So this is what I'm talking about. So there's great moments. There's moments where you go, okay, what's going on? But uh, when time's up, one day time will be up. At the same time, I just take it day by day and enjoy every moment I'm, I'm here. And we, we always talk about how grateful we are for, for the supporters that the club has and how amazing they are and the turnouts that we get home and away week to week. Uh, but the supporters also have a huge responsibility as well because they lift the team in those difficult moments. And that's what the club needs right now. And with this huge game coming up tomorrow night, and it's a big derby match, we know how uh, crazy it was, the, the dramatic last-minute win on the, on the opening day of the season. What, what, are, you, what are you expecting um, tomorrow night on and off the pitch? Look, it's uh, we're at the halfway mark of the season. Um, we're obviously sitting fourth at the moment. We're two points away from second spot and three games away from top spot. At the start of the year, our aim as a club was to get promoted and play NPL 2 in 2023. 
Uh, we're still on course to do that. Internally and externally, we've never hidden away from the fact that we want to try and win another championship. Um, so our goal or our aim hasn't changed. The mm. aim is still the same. So what does that mean? 11 games of football still to be played. We break it down again, which is one week at a time. We've come here. We, we're coming back home on a Friday night. We're playing North Sunshine in a derby game. Is there any other game that you'd want to come here uh, when, you know, when, you're, when, when the season's in a balanced situation, when you're only one win away from second spot, you'd love to play North Sunshine. You'd love to come out and, you know, and give it the 100% and have the crowd behind you singing and chanting. If there's anything been different this year as a club situation, I believe it's been the chanting from the crowd. Um, it's, when I'm sitting on the other side, it's actually been a lot quieter than it's been mm. last year. I think people get nervous in the games if people freeze up. Yes, they probably do, of course, and, and I understand that. But at the same time, if we want everybody to play their part, this is where we need to drive the boys. Absolutely. Um, the chanting, the singing, the, the encouragement, uh, wh whatever that might be, how it might be, drums, wh whatever that might be, I know for a fact that it, it lifts the players. Mm. It, it lifts their mentalities. When they've made a mistake, they forget about it immediately. When they've done something great, they feel like you know Cristiano Ronaldo. So... And this is what I want the boys to feel. I, I want them to be so excited and uh, driven come Friday night's game that with that support behind us, you can't lose. Well, there you have it. Preston fans, you might not feel like you can influence events on the field, but you just heard it from the head coach himself. We need you behind our senior men as they take on North Sunshine. 8.30 p.m. kickoff on Friday night. Get there nice and early. Uh, remember, there's the two separate exits, Preston fans exiting on the northeast side of the ground, 20 minutes after the final whistle. Louis Atsevsky, this has been uh, enlightening. Thank you so much for, uh, for coming in and, and sharing all that uh, behind-the-scenes information and, and giving me and all the fans uh, an insight into, into what goes on on a week-to-week -week basis and cannot wait for tomorrow night. We know the boys will give it everything. Josh, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me again. Um, Again, just touching on that, so important for everybody to show up tomorrow night. A massive crowd, just support the boys. That's all we're asking for. Thanks, Lou. Thank you. We'll take a short break. We're going to turn our attention to our women's teams on the other side.